Welcome back to Morning Trade Live. Bit of a pushback to January's strength since Friday's great employment report. Big top line number. Revision to wages, though, brings some complications, perhaps, as we've got risk off in stocks since. And bonds selling off pretty hard. Dollar waking up a little bit. Let's check in with Mr. Jay Hatfield joining us from Infrastructure Capital Management. Jay, hopefully my description of your views the last year were accurate. You were bearish, cautious throughout much of 22. Last time we spoke, it seemed you were starting to see some light potentially at the end of the tunnel, maybe. How do you feel right now? Thanks, Oliver, for having me on your show. For the year, we're quite bullish. In December, we established a 4,500 target for the okay, S&P. Okay, there it is. And the, the rationale was, was that we were way more optimistic about inflation coming down than the rest of the market. Our index, CPI-R, our real-time inflation index has been negative for the last quarter, down annualized 4%. And so now we think this rally is partly to do with the market starting to share our optimism about inflation. Um, so we are very constructive for the year. Having said that, the 4,500 target was at the end of 2023, not the end of February. So it does make sense that we're pausing here and we are getting towards the end of earnings season. And as I said many times before, it's usually um, a better time to be long when earnings season is underway and to be more cautious when it's just, there's no earnings, significant earnings, and it's just uh, Fed speak and economic data because people can tend to overreact to those factors. Do you think we're overreacting to Friday's number or does a figure like that have the potential to allow inflation to become more entrenched? We definitely don't think so, just in terms of the technicalities of the number. It's important to keep in mind that we actually lost 2.5 million jobs in January. And then the, there's an adjustment made by the federal government that says that's up 500,000 because we normally you know, lose 2.8 to 2, 3 million jobs. But that's an extremely difficult adjustment to do. Having said that, the job market's strong, but we don't share the Fed's obsession with the Phillips curve, which is the notion that all inflation comes from the labor market. Uh, right, the real dominant factor in this cycle are housing prices, which was fueled by loose monetary policy, and the energy shock, which has a 5% bleed through to core, which the Fed doesn't seem to focus on. And both of those factors are hugely positive right now, particularly natural gas down 70% from its highs. So we continue to be bullish about inflation printing cool. We think core PCE will go below 3% by June. But just be aware of every report because there's also these statistical problems, whereas the Commerce Department um, reports, and BLS actually reports um, a lagged figure for shelter. That's why we put it, plug in Case Shiller. Hmm. So the next CPI could print hot because there's not a lot of huge negative factors to offset that high shelter number. If employment is not the only source of inflation, um, and uh, certainly during COVID, we had a lot of uh, monetary support. We are not getting that now. We're not getting the uh, prints, uh, the checks printed. We're not uh, getting cuts, uh, even though the market's expecting them. But we did get a tone from Powell that seemingly was quite a bit of a shift 
from his Jackson Hole language when we heard him speak last week, Jay. He did not push back, despite many occurrences of either him, the Fed minutes, or other members talking about how asset prices can get in the way of their inflation goal. He didn't push back on financial conditions that are the loosest in a year. Is that potentially a, a wild card uh, in the case for cooling inflation? Is that effectively loosening the economy more? And so it's not an employment-driven inflation, but is that almost like an implicit uh, monetary support for the economy that could be inflationary? Well, in a way, yes, because what happens is that in a normal cycle, the yield curve inverts because um, market participants believe they were going to have a slowdown. And that's really what's happening now. And I think that's one reason that Powell backed off on his rhetoric, because he can't really talk the long bond and the 10-year down anymore. In fact, the more hawkish he is, the more it might rally. But to your point, what we need to watch is housing prices. That's the key input to CPI-R, our real-time inflation index. So if in, uh, now rates for mortgages are below six, so if you saw the housing market turn around and prices, God forbid, start to run up, then that would challenge our thesis. But the last case, Schiller was down a half percent, which is 6% annualized. And keep in mind, the BLS is estimating that shelter costs is inflating by almost 10%, 9.6. So just look at the gap between those two. So they're gonna converge. Mm -hmm. CPI will cool off. But I would watch the housing sector for both inflation and also mass unemployment, because that's normally the sector that cracks. We don't think it will because we have a shortage of homes. But if we had mass layoffs of construction workers, not you know, latte sipping tech workers in my hometown of Palo Alto, San Francisco, then that can be a big issue for employment, consumer spending. So the so housing sector is really a key indicator. Jay, is there a connection um, between housing stocks and housing prices? I think there's something there because the Home Builders Index is going like exponential the last, uh, basically since year to date. Home Builders now trading the highest since the beginning of last year. The ITB ETF had a monster, monster week. Uh, biggest uh, that I can see in almost a year and a half. Uh, <laughs> I know there's some price controls and some things that they're doing to clean up uh, the amount of profit they can wring out from these lower prices, but I would think that at some point the stock market is connected in some way to the actual home prices. Is this not an indicator of potential for home prices to go back up? It's not impossible. Like I said, we, we came below 6% for the first time. But in terms of home builders' stocks, as you were implying, lumber prices have come went way down. There's less constraints on uh, parts. There's less constraints on steel. Steel prices have come way down. So the profitability of building homes is strong. So it makes sense that that would be good for home builders. And the key catalyst that we're all waiting for is that when the Fed does pause, we're forecasting May. So in other words, they just do what they said they would do. That's clearly gonna be a big positive for stock market and almost the more risk you take, so home builders being a very risky sector, the more money you, you make, just like Bitcoin has done well, tech stocks have done well. We still think you should be a little bit more conservative, particularly before the Fed pauses and invest in preferreds and REITs. Those have also done well. But, but in an up market, the highest beta, highest risk stocks will outperform. Okay. 
Uh, Jay, uh, good to catch up. Uh, appreciate the insight here on the macro view. Great conversation. Some good stuff for us to look out for. Thanks, Oliver. Thanks for having me on again. Absolutely. All right, Jay's expectations that inflation will get below 3% by June of this year. That's the core PCEs. We've still got a few more percentage points to go. Mr. Hatfield's income fund, ICAP, ICAP, up 11% on the year, beating the S&P.